Hey everyone, this is me, Ebony. Welcome back to my podcast. Today's title of the podcast is called Pain for a Purpose, the Story of Naomi. So I know a lot of people may be familiar with the Book of Ruth, and I know it's titled the Book of Ruth, but what I wanted to do was highlight uh, Naomi. And as I, as the Holy Spirit had me study um, the Book of Ruth, I realized that although it was titled Ruth and how Ruth played a role, like a, a pivotal role in uh, the catalyst for David being born, and then you know how David was the um, in the bloodline of, or Jesus was in the bloodline of David. How, as as I began to study the story and I re- read it more and more, I realized that Naomi had a pivotal role as well, and you know, and then studying it, I was like, man, this this book of uh, you know, of the Bible should have been titled Naomi. But hey, you know, I'm not God, and I didn't write it. But the title of this message again is uh, "Pain for a Purpose." The story of Naomi. So what I wanted to do was highlight her story and how I feel based on what I've studied and based on the revelations, you know, that the, the Holy Spirit has given me to, to give her take on it and to give like her outlook on um, life and, and how you can go from having it all to losing it all to going through a lot of pain but still coming out on top after you've probably felt like you know what I don't even know why I'm going through this in life I don't know why you know I'm I'm losing you know loss after loss and just going through you know trials and tribulations and then when you if you look at the story of Naomi within the story of Ruth you will see that Naomi was a normal human being just like every other woman and every other person on this earth, yet God never gave up on her, right? So let, let me go over my notes and then get through what I want to give you, right? So in the story, the book of Ruth, um, in the beginning, in chapter one, it talks about how uh, Naomi, you know, her husband, uh, Elimelech, and her two sons had to leave um, their hometown, because during that time when the judges had ruled, if you go back in history, this was during a time when the judges had ruled. They were moving more and more away from God and a lot of people were serving idols and, and golden calves and they were worshiping and, and doing all types of things that God was not pleased with. So there was a lot of famine in a lot of the lands and a lot of the regions. Now, if you're not too familiar with you know, the Old Testament, even still nowadays, but in the Old Testament, when people experienced a famine, meaning, you know, they were desolate, they they had no food, no no money was coming in, like pretty much the, the town was poor, right? Um, it meant that either the they were living in sin, something happened, there was blood on their hands, but pretty much it was it was a, a symbol that God had taken his hand off of them. So basically, in chapter one, they were going through a famine, and Elimelech, Naomi, and the two sons, they decided, you know what, we're going to leave everything behind. We're going to leave an inheritance, you know, their inheritance, because they had land, they had, you know, homes and things like that. But because of the famine, um, they had to migrate, right? So they migrated to a place uh, called Moab. They, this represents us or, you know, God's people, sometimes when you go through 
not only a trial in life, but when you go through uh, like a place of brokenness, you go through a time where you just have to pick up your things, whether it's spiritually represented or whether it's materialistically represented, you have to pick up whatever you have and you have to move to a place where you feel is best for you, right? And sometimes, you know, that place is good. Sometimes that place is bad. But in this case, what Naomi and her family did was, was that they ended up going to Moab, which is known for, um, you know, their idol worship, you know, uh, which is known for, you know, they pretty much didn't worship the same God that Naomi and Emelimelech and them, you know, worship, right? So they pretty much went to another place that did not serve the same God as them, but they had to go there because God had left their um, their hometown and he had allowed a famine to come, right? So that kind of represents, you know, what I put in my notes. Um, it represents, you know, when God's people are scattered. You know, uh, God talks about that a lot in the Old Testament, you know, when he says, you know, if you don't follow my will, if you don't follow my covenant, if you don't do the things that, you know, I tell you to do, you're going to experience hardship. You know, when you're disobedient, um, you know, you guys are going to be scattered across the regions because what happens is, is that when you walk in disobedience, you're walking in um, the principalities of the darkness that Satan rules over. And what does Satan do, right? He causes division. He causes uh, confusion. He causes unsettlement. He causes a lot of the, the heartache and pain, you know, that you know, um, we experiences in life. And this is what they were experiencing. They were scattered. They had to migrate to a place called Moab, right? So they sojourned to the land and in a, in studying the book of Ruth, they, they sojourned there for about, I want to say for about a total of 10 years, right? Now within this span of 10 years, Naomi, uh, lost her husband, her husband died. So that, that was one uh, heartache, right? That was one, you know, um, heart-wrenching trial. Then her two sons, right, um, had met, took women from um, Moab, right, their town, and they, they married them. And then what happens is, is that after her two sons got married, you know, Naomi um, gained you know, two daughters-in-law, but what happened with her sons is that they also end up dying. I don't know. And it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but in the book of Ruth, you know, according to what I read so far, you know, I'm not a scholar, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't have um, a degree in theology, so I don't know the history and the background, but the from the Bible that I read in the King James Version, in the book of Ruth, it never says how they died it the book never says how Elimelech died which is her husband and how her two sons died you know we don't know if they died in a war we don't know if they died in uh, natural causes but to me it seems like her sons were pretty young you know it says that Naomi was up there in age so I'm assuming that her husband was up there in age but her two sons were pretty young so to lose you know your sons is is heartache in, uh, in itself but to, to give you kind of a little bit of background of what I can gather from it, it seems like within a, a 10 year time span, um, and that her sons married, um, for one, they were not married that long, you know, 10, you know, less than 10 years not been, you know, married a long time. So they were pretty young. So all this happened, right? 
Naomi lost her husband. Naomi lost her her um her two sons, and then it was just her left in uh the the place of Moab with her two daughters in laws. Now, anybody who experiences not only the death of their their loved ones, right? You know, especially the death of your spouse, because God gives us soulmates and soulmates for a reason. So when you lose your soulmate. There's a part of you that dies. And then on top of that, Naomi also lost her two sons. So I can just about imagine, you know, I know what it's like to lose a loved one. You know, I lost my father years ago um, and I still remember what that pain is like. So I can just imagine that her pain is magnified, you know, by that probably by like times a hundred. Right. So here you have Naomi who she goes through all of this heartache. Right. A lot of pain and you know, she also had to go through a period that, um, if you really look at the story, Naomi had to go through a period of time when she, after she, you know, lost her, her family, she was left with her two daughters-in-law, um, Ruth and Orpah. She had to go through a period to where she watched them and, and, and they were, I'm sure they probably had moments where they laughed, they cooked, they, you know, gathered food and they had a place to stay and whatnot, but, I believe that in Naomi looking at her daughters-in-law, it still kept reminding her of that her sons were not there anymore, you know. I could see if Naomi, you know, was alone, living by herself. Sometimes you can do things to keep you occupied, but just imagine being around someone who reminds you that they once loved someone that you also loved and is no longer there. So at at a certain point um, in chapter 1, uh, Naomi said to Orpah and Ruth, hey, look, you know, um, I appreciate, you know, uh, you guys wanting to stay with me, right? Um, I appreciate you guys, you know, wanting to tag along because, you know, you were once married to my sons. So Naomi said, but I know that you're still young. You have a life to live. Naomi was pretty much telling Ruth and Orpah, you know, she was like, go back to your hometown. You know, go back to where you came from. You know, they may not have been from the exact place that they lived at then, but pretty much Naomi was saying, go back to your mother, go back to your father. Um, she was also trying to tell them, you know, you're still young. You can get married again. You know, you can you can have children, right? Um, and you can you still have a life to live. And But Naomi felt like her life was over. She felt like, you know, there's nothing left for me. There's, you know, there's no more purpose in my life. And at some point, um, even Naomi, um, she wanted to change her name from Naomi to Mara, right? So after, you know, Naomi pushes away Ruth and Orpah, Orpah decides to go, you know what? You know, you're right. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go back to, you know, my, my hometown. I'm going to go back to my parents you know, let them know everything that happened and, you know, try to figure out life from there. But Ruth, right, Ruth, on the other hand, says, no, Naomi, wherever you go, I'm going to go. And she was like, where you die, I'm going to die. And what God you serve, I'm going to serve, right? So Naomi saw that Ruth was steadfast and, and Naomi said, you know what? Okay, if you're going to stay, then fine. I'm going back to the place that I once left. And Naomi told Ruth, she was like, I heard that God had visited them. I heard that God had visited the the their land in Bethlehem. And, and I hear that, you know, there's plenty of food. You know, there's plenty of water. 
you know, the, the trees are growing and animals are flourishing. Things are plentiful. Ruth said, you know, Naomi was saying, I'm going to go back. And if you want to come with me, you can come. So Ruth was like, okay, bet I'm on board. Now, here's the part that I realized that transpired uh, in this story and which was the catalyst pretty much for Ruth and Naomi. Now, Naomi, you know, uh, went back to her, her husband's kinsman, you know, um, which is of the household of the family of Elimelech, which was Boaz, right? Um, which they had a lot of money. They were wealthy, right? Even though that they were wealthy, the part that, that if, you, if you rewind, the, the, the part that they experienced a famine in, it kind of also gives you um, a story or kind of a background that says, you know what? Even though Elimelech's family was wealthy, they were still living in the part of the town that experienced famine. So maybe they were the type of family that they were not going to rely on, you know, especially having a husband because your your husband is the head of your household, right? Your husband is supposed to be the one that figures out where you guys go, what, what, you know, what you're going to do next, how you're going to, you know, uh, get money, etc. right? So that kind of gives you maybe a background, either maybe... It was just the thing that families had to do. Like once you're married, you have your own kids. You got to kind of figure out what you have on your own. You have to do it on your own. So Naomi uh, went back, right? Her, her husband's kinsman was wealthy. So this is where the catalyst to me that I think plays a big role in how things turn out. When Naomi came up to the land, to Bethlehem, and she was going through... Um, through Moab, you know, the cities and things like that, there was a point where people almost didn't recognize her. And this, this kind of reminds me of, you know, when we go through life, when we, when we, you know, go through trials, when we experience pain, and sometimes you, you know, you, you get blow after blow after blow after blow, trial after trial. And sometimes if you're not careful, sometimes those trials can, can break you. But remember, when you're a child of God, sometimes that breaking, right, is for a purpose. So she went up, people were running up to her, and it was like, is this Naomi? You know, it was as if they almost didn't recognize her, right? You know, because imagine if within a span of 10 years, you know, you lose your husband, you lose your two sons, you're trying to figure out life. You know, now you're the breadwinner, you're, you're the head of your household. She was probably under so much stress, and you, she was also depressed because, when they came up to her and, and they wanted to love on her, Naomi was like, no, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because I I went out full, but I'm coming back empty, right? So she wanted everyone to, and not only that, she was like the Lord, you know, didn't deal kindly with her. So pretty much Naomi, she was depressed. She was sad. She was a broken woman. She was a woman who had lost a lot, you know? And she didn't have anything to show for it, you know, because what what is a, a symbolism of being a man or a woman? It's getting married. It's having kids. It's leaving your kids an inheritance. So Naomi was probably like at this point, you know, I don't have a husband. I don't have any sons. They didn't have children, obviously. So Naomi probably felt like, you know, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to leave to any kids. And Naomi was at that age to where she couldn't have any more children. And she says it uh, later on in the, the, the book of Ruth. She was like, I can't have any you know, more kids. Even if I was to get remarried, you know, I'm too old. So Naomi was sad and depressed. And, you know, anyone would be, you know, rightfully so in this type of situations. But 
after Naomi said that, she was like, call her Mara because, you know, the Lord didn't deal kindly with her. She she went out full and came back empty, right? There was still a part of her that did not give up, right? Because if you if you think about it, if you really gave up on, if Naomi really gave up on God, right? And if Naomi really didn't think that God wanted her to succeed, I don't think Naomi would have went back to Bethlehem. Right. If you if you ask me, I don't think she would have went back to Bethlehem and I don't think she would have allowed uh, Ruth to really go with her. Because if you I've dealt with people who are depressed and I've seen people, you know, well, not seen people, but I've heard of people's stories of, you know, um, and this is not be being insensitive, but I've heard stories of or knew people who knew people who've committed suicide. Right. When you really want to give up, there are some people who really do give up. Right. And they do things to to uh, to conquer that that spirit of depression, right? Or to feed that spirit of depression. So Naomi may have been in a place to where she she wanted to give up. She started calling herself Mara. She started, you know, she kept telling people her story, and 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 she she kept feeding into the the darkness, the the, the depression, right? But at the same time. She still went back to Bethlehem because she said, the Lord is there. The Lord revisited, you know, my people. If I go there, maybe I can can get something, right? Naomi was not going back as a woman who had something. Naomi was going to go back as a, a woman who saw herself as being a servant, right? Because when you when you leave your inheritance behind right? You don't have an entitlement to get it back. And that's what Naomi was uh, was in because if you study the history of the Old Testament, normally the men would make all the decisions. So a woman didn't have a lot of rights back then. So Naomi didn't have a right to say, you know what, I'm going to go back and get what belongs to my husband. You know, her husband was now dead. So it would go to the next of kin. Um, however, they could do that. And it, I'll tell you that more uh, later on in the story, right? So Naomi um, went back to Bethlehem, but I believe that there was a part of her who did not want to give up, right? Because if she really wanted to, she could have. So she went back with Ruth and Naomi and Ruth strategized. Naomi said, okay, you know what? It may be over for me, but Ruth, you're still young. You still have um, a lot going for you. So pretty much what Naomi's strategy was, was, was to get Ruth to work because this lets you know that Naomi was that old to where she couldn't work. She couldn't glean in the fields. So Naomi said, okay, look, there's a man named Boaz and he is a kinsman of my husband and he's wealthy. He has land. He has, um, he has, uh, corn in the fields and things like that. And pretty much he has this this um empire this kingdom to where you can get work so naomi was giving ruth all the rundown and and they were strategizing and say how once we get there you're going to go in the field you're going to do x y and z and you're going to ask uh god to show you favor amongst boaz and amongst the people so once they got there that's what ruth did right naomi was a woman who was in pain but she was also smart, right? And she knew how to strategize. She knew how to help. Now, this is where, like I said before, this is the catalyst. 
Here we have a woman who was in pain. She lost a lot. She was depressed. She she changed her name from Naomi to Mara. But what she didn't realize, what Naomi didn't realize was is that God would use this whole situation to allow Naomi to serve purpose. Naomi didn't realize what she was doing, but God did. God knew what he was doing. God orchestrated all of this, right? God put it on Naomi's heart to serve Ruth, right? Because we all know that Ruth ends up marrying Boaz and they end up, you know, having a child and, you know, et cetera. And, and, and Ruth ends up, you know, marrying, coming from a land to where she left everything. She left everything behind. She left her inheritance, you know, the same thing that Naomi did. And she left uh, her land of nativity to come into a land to where she didn't know these people. She didn't, she wasn't, a, um, she wasn't related to them. She probably didn't, you know, know their customs and courtesies. And that's what Boaz had uh, mentioned. He was like, you know, you've come from your own land. You left your parents to help serve Naomi, right? Who you still love, which was another reason why um, there was favor in the sight of Boaz because Boaz looked at uh, Ruth and was like, wow, you've done a very noble thing. But Naomi ends up serving Ruth because Naomi couldn't work. She couldn't do all this. But what Naomi did with, with Ruth is, is that Naomi gave Ruth the, the tools, the strategies that says, you know what? You don't know this land. This is where I'm from. Let me show you how to work what you can work. And that's pretty much what uh, Naomi did, you know. And, and in the end, right, in the end, what happens is, is that Ruth ends up, you know, um, being coached by Naomi. Ruth ends up working, you know, in the, the land. And, and Ruth also had her own, um, her own strategy. And Ruth also passed at different levels. Ruth went from, you know, being a sojourner to coming to a land that she didn't know. She ends up, you know, going into a field to work just to make money so um, her and Naomi can eat. She goes from being a servant right? She passes that level and then she gets to know Boaz and then but Boaz says, you know what? I don't know why I want to bless you, but I'm going to bless you. So Boaz moved her from being a servant to then now being a maiden, right? A maiden was um, one level up from being a servant. A maiden was the people who helped Boaz, who took, you know, who worked in within a home, right? Worked within the fields that were closer to Boaz and then in, 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 Ruth ended up going from being a maiden, right, to then um, re-strategizing and then end up marrying Boaz. But what I wanted to point out was is that although Naomi gave up on herself, Naomi said, I may not can see hope for me, but I can see hope for you. And Naomi ended up coaching Ruth. She ended up serving Ruth to get Ruth to be in a better place because she, she thought, here you are, you've lost, you know, your husband as well as my husband, you know, as me losing my husband. And in that, I also lost my sons. So Naomi was like, you know what? You gave up everything. You, you um, helped me, you know. She was like, you, you were my right-hand man and you helped comforted me in my time of need. Now, remember, Naomi is still depressed. She's still sad. 
she doesn't see hope for herself, but she's giving Naomi, she's giving Ruth everything she needs to survive. But what God ends up doing, and this is what God gave me, God ends up restoring unto Naomi the things that she thought she lost. And God even ends up restoring unto her more than what she thought she lost, right? Because God, I believe that the reason why God blessed Naomi and Ruth so much is because although Naomi gave up, right? Even though God didn't give up on her, Naomi was willing to help someone else. Have you ever been in a situation to where you were in a dark place, right? But you still end up helping others. You didn't have, but you still end up helping other people get, even though you didn't want it for yourself, right? That's the place that Naomi was in. Even in the midst of Naomi's pain, her depression, she ends up serving a purpose. And she ends up serving the purpose for God. Because remember, God orchestrated all of this. When eventually when uh, uh, Ruth married Boaz, Boaz and Ruth had a son, right? Named uh, Obed. And out of Obed came Jesse, and out of Jesse came David. And if you don't know the, the bloodline, David was the bloodline to, to Jesus, right? And when you read the New Testament, they always start off with David. They always say that Jesus came from the bloodline of David. They don't mention too much of Jesse or Obed. And I understand, you know, that, you know, they've had to, sometimes it takes a few generations to get certain things uh, like certain generational curses off of you, right? But David was the 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 catalyst for the blood not the bloodline of Jesus. And if you know the story of David, um, in the Old Testament, um, and and they even mention David in the New Testament. They say that um, David was a man after God's own heart. Even though David had his 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 hiccups, David has his had his flaws. And David even murdered people. You know, David even slept around and had a baby out of wet like that. Didn't end up making it. David had his own problems, but God still used him. Just like Naomi. Naomi had her own problems. She went through her own trials. She was depressed. She was sad. She gave up on God, even when God didn't give up on her. But God still used her. Because Naomi says, you know what? I can't do it, but someone else can. And God saw that because Naomi served a purpose. God said that there's going to be a purpose for your pain. You're paying for this for such a time as this. You're paying for a purpose. And although Naomi couldn't see it, right? And I want to say to you, although you can't see what you're going through, although you think that you you given up, although you think that, you know, you know, the pain that you've gone through has been wasted. You know, the trials that you've gone through um, has been for nothing. God is saying if you hold on, right, if you put him first, if you, if, you, if you try to love other people without focusing on yourself, and if you serve my purpose, I promise I would bless you. And because Naomi served a purpose, which was Ruth, because remember, Naomi could not have any more kids right so god used ruth and boaz to get married to have a son um named obed and like i said i told you the story of jesse and david and so so on and so forth 
when Ruth uh, gave birth to uh, Obed, right? You don't really hear about Boaz too much uh, after that. But when Ruth gave birth to, to Obed, God put it on Ruth's heart to give Obed up for adoption and give it to Ruth, right? And, and let me rewind. Let me go back. When Boaz married Ruth, right? Boaz married Ruth also to to help get back the land and the inheritance that uh, Elimelech had left behind, but was no longer it no was no longer going to be given to Naomi because she was a female, etc. So Boaz ended up also marrying Ruth to get back what belonged to Naomi because of Elimelech and to give it to Naomi. So. That was one way that God restored her. Um, he restored her inheritance, right? Her land, her material things, right? And I believe that, of course, Naomi figured out at this time, you know what? Maybe God didn't forget about me. Maybe I'm, I'm not alone, right? So Ruth gives up Obed to uh, Naomi. And pretty much Naomi says um, to Ruth, thank you. But what Ruth also said to Naomi was is that, you were a woman who you lost your husband, you lost your two sons. Here is a son for you, right? And Ruth, just like how Naomi sacrificed for Ruth, Ruth then turned around and sacrificed for Naomi. She gave her her son. And what I love about the Bible and, and what I love about what God revealed to me through um, Ruth giving up her child so that uh, Naomi could be restored to feel like a mother, to feel like she had a purpose, right? What God did was is that in the story of Ruth, it, it says that when Ruth gave Naomi her son that she bore through Boaz, the Bible says that Naomi's breasts were filled with milk so that way she could breastfeed Obed and nurse him. Now, why this is so profound is because here you have Naomi, which she reminds me of Abraham and Sarah, when Sarah was at such an old age to where she couldn't bear a child. You know, she uh, she had uh, her son after, I think, what, 20 years of God promising to give them a son after they had no kids and that was the only child. Naomi kind of reminded me of Sarah, where she was so old that her body had gone through the changes of life. But when God blessed her via someone else giving her a son, how God touched her body and had her produce milk as if she bore the son through her own body. Now, if you ever wanted to give up on life and needed hope, this right here is the story that you should read that says, you know what? If God can restore Naomi, he can restore me. If God can restore unto her her material inheritance, he can restore unto me what I have lost. If God can give Naomi a son via adoption, you know, if you if you relate that to nowadays, you know, you may not can bear a child, but you can adopt. You may not can adopt because you don't have the money, but you can you can do uh, IVF treatments or you can, you know, get a surrogate you can do something that represents hope 
that sometimes God doesn't bless us how we think we should be blessed. But if we serve God's purpose, God is faithful to bless us how he sees fit. And not only will he bless you how he sees fit, but he will restore your hope. And he will restore unto you the ability to, to nurse the birth of whatever it is that he's given you. Some of you want to birth businesses. Some of you want to birth books. Some of you want to birth children. Some of you want a husband. Some of you want a wife. And you have given up and you're thinking, how can God possibly use me for for what it is that I thought that I should have, but I don't have it. And then maybe you did have it, but it was taken away. God says, I will restore unto you what was lost. I will restore unto you what you thought you didn't deserve. And that's what God did to Naomi. Naomi served Ruth. And Ruth was there for a purpose. So basically what that was, was Naomi serving purpose. Even in her pain, Naomi still served a purpose. This is why God put it on my heart to label this title of this podcast, Pain for a Purpose. Some of you are going through so many trials and you're thinking, man, the devil is about to win. He's throwing me blow for blow. Every time I turn around, I hear bad news. Every time I look up, I see things on the news that I don't want to hear. Every time I turn around, something is happening into my life and, it, and it's bringing me down. And, and you are on the verge of being a Naomi. When people look at you, you don't want them to, to call you what they think they see. You want them to call you by your circumstances. Because this is what Naomi was telling people. She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Because not only has the Lord gone out from me, but he stopped blessing me. He took away my husband. He took away my two sons. And then we left a land that had famine in it. It wasn't being blessed and we left our inheritance. Naomi said, call me Mara. Naomi was telling the people to call her based off her circumstances. Naomi couldn't see straight. She, she was hopeless at some point and she couldn't see straight. Have you ever been through so much pain, so, so much loss that you stopped believing in God? You gave up. You said, don't, don't call me a servant of God because I don't feel like I'm that. Have you ever had so much happen to you that you thought this can't be God? God would never want me to go through so much stuff, but yet God remained faithful to Naomi. And in the end, Naomi saw that, wow, God was really there for me. He really did see me through. He took care of me even when I didn't want to be kept because there were times when Naomi was going through so much pain, she pushed away people. She was telling Oprah, Oprah and Ruth, go. Go back to your home. You're still young. You can get married again. You can still live life fulfilled and you can still worship your idols and worship your gods and, and do whatever and live life. And Naomi was saying, there's no hope for me. I'm going to go back to the land that I hear that God is blessing. And Naomi was trying to, to pull away, but God wouldn't let Ruth leave her side. And God wouldn't leave her side. So I'm, I'm telling you this, and I'll say this before I close. Whatever season you're going through, and whatever season you're going to go through, just know that whatever is lost can always be restored. 
whatever you think you lost, even when you when you lose hope, God can still restore your hope. He can restore anything that he wants because he is mighty and he is faithful. You may not want to pick up your Bible. You may have gone through a divorce and said, I'll never get married again. You may have lost a loved one and said, I'll never experience that type of love again. But God says that if you hold on, if you keep serving my purpose, if you keep hope alive just a little bit, just a little spark of a flame, God says if you put one foot in front of the other, I promise you that it will all be restored. God restored unto Naomi everything that she lost. Yet God, now I don't know if God gave her husband again. Now that I don't know. It didn't mention that in the story of Ruth. So what I will say is that although God restored all unto her, in the Bible so far, it didn't look like she had a husband. So I'm going to say that he restored everything but a husband. He gave her another son. She nursed it as if she bore the child out of her own womb, her own uterus. God gave her an inheritance again. God gave her, you know, another child. And he gave her something that you can't get from man. It's, It's a thing that only God can give you. And God had given her hope again. So if you don't think that what you're going through is for a purpose, just know that Pain for a purpose is for a reason. And you're going to go through your seasons. You know, we all go through our seasons. You know, if you look at the physical realm, how you have the four seasons. You have spring, you have summer, you have fall, you have winter. Naomi and Ruth went through that winter. They went through a long winter. It was harsh. But eventually they got to spring and to summer and everything was all right. You're going through your seasons. And it's dark, it's cold, and, and you feel empty, and you feel lonely, and you feel desolate, and, and you've been hurting people because you're hurt, and people have been hurting you because they're hurt, and you've been experiencing loss after loss after loss, and trial after trial, and you feel like you are going to lose your mind, and you feel like God isn't with me. You're saying to yourself, God cannot possibly be with me if I'm going through this much pain. I thought I was supposed to be married by now. I thought I was supposed to have kids by now. I thought I was supposed to have the degree by now. I thought I was supposed to have the house by now. I thought I was supposed to have the businesses by now. I thought I was supposed to still be married or I thought I was supposed to still have my parents. But look at me. Look at me. I done lost it all. But I promise you there's going to be a pain. There's going to be a purpose for your pain. There's going to be a restoration. I can hear God now saying, this is the season of restoration if you just don't quit. And and what God just put on my heart right now, just now, is he's saying, if you don't quit, but you also got to watch your words. God is saying to me to tell you to, to be careful of what you're speaking. Watch your words out of your mouth. You have to come into agreement with God, even though your heart is hurting, even though your heart is in a dark place, even though your mind is battling depression and, and, and anxiety, God says, watch your words. Because having no hope makes a heart sick. But when you have hope, you have, you have freedom, you have joy. God is going to restore. This is a season of restoration for some people. 
It may not be for everybody because we all have our own season that we're going through. But God's saying that this is a season for restoration. So watch your words. If you got the hum hum, say a prayer. If you got to say, you know, a quiet prayer, say a quiet prayer. Be careful. If you, if you need to get around, if you need to get from amongst people who complain a lot, get from amongst them. Because God is saying that this is a season of restoration. And you're going to have to be careful about who you are letting in your circle. Because God is saying that you can be connected to just one wrong person and lose it all. This is a season of restoration. I can feel it. I can hear God saying he is about to restore unto you what was lost. You may be thinking they stole from me and it hurt. They took from me and it hurt. But God is saying it's okay because you are paying for a purpose. There is such a time as this. Now is the season. Now is the time. This is a pivotal moment for you. God saying, this thing, this alignment that I have for you, the person that I'm going to connect you with, he is saying, this is going to be the catalyst that's going to change everything. God is saying, I can change the trajectory. He says, I don't care what generational curse you were born into. God says, I know how to change it. I can help you break it. He's saying, my restoration has more power than any generation of curse you have ever been born into. God says, my restoration is more powerful than anything that anybody has ever spoken over you. God is saying, I am the Almighty. God is saying, I don't care who is surrounding you. God is saying, I don't care how much power they think they have to hurt you. He is saying, I don't care that they plot day and night. He says, I don't care if they can hack into your systems and try to figure out what you're doing so they can do it. I don't care if they follow you. I don't care what they are doing. He says, I don't care if they make fun of your every move. He is saying, my restoration is stronger than any demonic force out there in the world. And God is saying, if you hold on to me, if you believe in me, if you stay in alignment, if you put one foot in front of the other, and if you, if you hold on to the hope that I am putting on the inside of you, God says, I promise I'll bless you. God says, Forget about what it looks like. Forget about the circumstances. Forget about the people. Forget that they're laughing at you. Forget that they're pulling away from you. God says, if I gave you peace about it, that means it's going to be all right. It hurts now, but remember when I gave you peace. That's God saying that. The reason why I gave you peace because later on down the line, I knew you would make a mistake. I knew you would mess up. I knew you would be disobedient. But I gave you peace because when things don't look like what I said it would be like, you have to hold on to my promises. So you are at a place where you can make a left or a right. But God says, I won't force you to choose. But if you choose me, I promise that in the end, when it's all said and done, that you're going to have a testimony, that you're going to have a praise in your spirit, that you're going to have a renewed mind. And when you cry this time, those tears, it's going to be for joy, not for mourning. And when you walk, you won't be lost. You will know where you're going. And when you say hi to people, 
It's because you're truly happy on the inside. Because I have put a joy down on the inside of you that no man can take. And even after going through trials, even after this, God says that you will no longer be hopeless. Even through future trials, you will have the hope because this moment, this season, this catalyst, this restoration will be it. God said, this is it. This is the thing that I made you for. Forget about what you lost. They couldn't go with you. Forget about what you think you should have had. I got more. So I am telling you now that this restoration that God has for you, right? You went through all of that for this. You're here. You're now. You have your Boaz. You have your Ruth that's going to help you get to the finish line. Because that's what Ruth was to Naomi. I believe that Ruth represented in Naomi the restoration of her youth. Maybe Naomi felt like she gave away her best years. Maybe you feel like you gave away your best years to failed relationship after failed relationship and now you're older. Maybe you gave away your best years because you had children at such a young age and now you're a single parent. You felt like, what what more do I have to give? And God is saying, I'm going to give you someone who's going to show you hope. I believe that Ruth was Naomi's, um, her walking guide, her cane. I felt like Ruth was to Naomi what a, a, a cane is to an old person to help them get to where they're going. Ruth was Naomi's guide because God says, you are my child. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So I'll say this and before I close, you are paying for this purpose. You are being pain in your soul for a purpose and you may be be being bombarded with thoughts that says, no, you're not paying for a purpose. God has given up on you. He wouldn't, if he loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. But God says, because I love you, I am allowing you to go through this. So keep your head up. Hold on to hope. There's restoration coming your way. Hold on to me. You're paying for this purpose for such a time as this. And I pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. I pray that as you listen to this whole podcast, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit touches you. That the peace of God will fill your car, will fill your mind, will fill your house and restore hope. That everything that you have gone through is for a reason. And for a season, this is a season, but this season, this too shall pass. It's going to pass. You're going to come out on top. You're not going to hate those people who hated you. You're not going to to, uh, try to get back revenge for those people who hurt you and who took from you and who played the games and, and who watched you suffer. God says, don't worry about that. I got you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to restore your love. I'm going to restore your household. I'm going to restore your inheritance. What they took, God says, I'll give you back more than that. So I hope that you take from this. Knowing that this is what you're going through now, but it won't last always. That God loves you too much to leave you. He loves you too much to forsake you. And if you don't give up on God, I promise you that you will see the promises of God. This is a season of restoration. And I pray that this podcast is a blessing to you.
And I pray that you enjoy the rest of your your Veterans Day. And I pray that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I pray that something that I said sparks a hope into you. And that you can open up your eyes to the people who God is trying to place into your life. And if you stop pushing people away because you're hurt. And I'm praying that those who God is sending you to, to help you that. I'm praying that they too also will look past your pain and says, you know what? They're pushing me away, but I'm going to stay because I feel like that there's a divine connection in this person. I am praying that not only would you stop pushing people away, but the people who God is placing in your life and the people who he has already placed in your life, I pray that they said, you know what? I'm just going to give this another try because I feel that, that this, is, this is destiny. This is a destiny moment. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.